Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we are talking more Lower Decks as we once again continue our Lower Decks discussion with Lower Decks Episode 7. Much ado about Boimler. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Hoosterian himself, Cal Jones. How are you doing, man? Actually, very glad to be here. I'm enjoying this more and more and can't wait to dive right into it. So glad to be here. Interesting stuff, man. Glad to have you, sir. And also on the podcast, we have the tech story, Carrie. Carrie Brown, how you doing, man? Ah, uh, fantastically well. All right, man. Once again, glad to have you on, sir. Glad to be here. As always, guys, you can support the show by subscribing, leaving a review, telling a friend, have a review idea, send it along, along with anything else you want us to know, to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any of the social medias. Well, guys, we will go ahead and get into our review of Lord Dex. Much Ado About Boimler, which aired on September the 17th. 2020 Mariner tries to impress her best friend from Starfleet Academy, who is now a visiting captain. Boimler is sent to a Starfleet medical ship after a transporter accident puts him out of phase. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. Let's go around a horn and get everybody's high level view of this episode. And we'll start with you, Carrie. What do you think, man? I really enjoyed this episode, actually. I I enjoyed it a lot, a lot more than I expected to. So really high level. Okay, cool. Cool beans. Cool beans. What about you, Cal Jones? You know, I'm going to press that rewind button and change just one thing of what Carrie said. I think I expected to enjoy it again based on some of the things I've said in previous episodes, but I think I expected to enjoy it a little less than I did because I really, really enjoyed it. It was fun. Hmm. Interesting stuff, guys. (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Question of the day. Oh, man. As for me, I think I enjoyed it more the second time I viewed it. Um... I don't know what it was about the first time, but it just maybe I had other stuff on my mind, but it just didn't hit me as much. But the second time I really realized that it had a lot of good trick goodies and a good overall trick story to the to the narrative. So, yeah, man, after second watching, I really enjoyed it a whole lot more. But but we'll get into the details. And once again, we're going to take this episode like we did last week going to talk about the highs the lows and everything in between so let's start out with the good and whoever just wants to jump in here what did we like about this episode starting with the good what, what are your highlights from the episode and we can just take them one by one you give it to us we'll discuss a little bit and keep going around the horn um i would say the number one improvement for this episode was a coherent plot there wasn't too much stuff going on um it was easy to follow um, there are really only two main storylines, so that I really appreciated that. I would say that as far as like the chemistry or the banter between Mariner and her um, old friend was great. I really enjoyed that. 
you know, I, there wasn't really a whole lot of there were a few things I didn't like, but for the most part, I felt like the writing wasn't cheap. I felt like they were going they weren't going for cheap humor here. And it wasn't I wasn't it wasn't that the the show was just like laugh out loud funny because I don't think it was. But I'm glad that it wasn't because I felt like they they spent more time on the actual plot in the writing and um, the character interaction. I, I don't know. I just I got a much better feeling from this episode than I have from some of the past episodes. And it, it felt like they were actually trying to tell a story as opposed to just trying to make me laugh, which I really appreciated. Cool, 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 cool. So my thoughts are almost identical to what Carrie said. I don't think, though, the difference of where I slightly disagree is I don't think it had less going on, but I think the fact that they focused more seemingly on the character development, it made us pay more attention to the characters and less to the plot. The plots were more like incidental to what was going on as opposed to getting into the characters. And I'm not really sure if it's us getting gelled as an audience with the characters because we've watched enough episodes to have that happen or if it was better writing. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted there. But I, again, just really had fun with this. The dog, I think, was my absolute <laughs> favorite the dog out of the whole thing. The dog was, <laughs> was, and I actually like Mariner in this. I mean, believe it or not, I, she was the dog and Mariner were my two highlights from this. Hmm. In that order. <laughs> no, actually I think they were equal, but I really like the dog. So that's a good thing. All right. Well, we have the, uh, trick story and Jonathan Shores joining us and I'm just going to dive right over to him. Uh, give us your high level view of the episode and then go ahead and go into some of your, highlights or the good that you got out of this episode, sir. So for the first time, I actually enjoyed this episode. Wow. Uh, high praise. <laughs> and I sit down uh, and turn it on. And my exact phrase to my wife was, Oh, let me watch this crappy cartoon. <laughs> uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, and I think we got a little bit more of the seriousness I was looking for. We talked about last week. Uh, and with that, finding out, you know, kind of getting into why Mariner is the way she is and kind of seeing what she's capable of. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, I know we kind of seen glimpses of it here in the past, but I mean, we fully got to see it here. We kind of understand now why she was always acting crazy. So that was a good thing. And we got out of the whole three plot situation. We're back to two main plots and those are actually pretty good. I'm not real happy about what happened with the captain going off to plant a seed, but <laughs> I mean, overall, man, it was, it was good. I got a little bit of that seriousness. The funny parts were funny. They were not overreaching for the most part. So I'm happy about it. Oh my God! Do we all actually agree, Clarence? <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, again, well, for me, let me, let me. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think, I think everything you guys said, I totally agree. I think going back to let's let's going back to the top of some of the stuff Carrie mentioned about the plot. You know, having I think we still had kind of had three plots, but the 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 top two kind of or the bottom two played into each other directly so it felt like one 
cohesive thing. Now, the whole thing with them going off to plant the seed, yeah, you know, um, I can get I can give or take that. But what that did provide, they're still good, good in that. What that did provide is a chance for um, uh, a Mariner's friend to come aboard and have all of those character interactions like Cal mentioned, which I thought was good. It has some bad in there, but mostly good. And as well as the ban- banter between Amina and uh, Mariner uh, was well done. And again, to me, this felt like I feel like the whole story could, of how they go and onto another ship that's in need and rescue that ship. That was a very Star Trek thing. You know, it felt like this could have been a real Star Trek episode. And right. go- and when I think of some of the things that I really loved. I think this was the first episode where they introduced something into canon that I hope gets expanded on more. And I thought you want to see more. You want to see more of the dogs? No, screw the dog. (laughs) (laughs) More of and we'll get into it, but more of the whole uh, Division 14. I thought that was a really good idea for Star Trek canon and something I want to see in live action. Maybe, maybe. And we'll get into it. So that's kind of like the high level views and, and um, some of the good we like about the episode. Um, the bad. And I'll start here. Um, Cal, you mentioned the dog. I, I hated the hell dog thing. I, I've, you know, I, I, I see how it was meant to be funny. But to me, it was like a clear violation of genetic engineering, which, you know, that's been ultra nerdy. But that's like been a Star Trek thing from the beginning. And she just go engineers this creature. Really? Now, to to the show's defense, the genetic engineering thing was all about humans or um, humanoids. So I guess this is different, but still, it felt kind of weird as uh, we get these science exper- experiments from, you know, Tindy and I guess Rutherford as well. Uh, they both air two sides of experiments that I think are very touchy in Star Trek. You know, the transport thing was funny, but again, that was, we have transport accidents all the time. And to think that they'd be experimenting with that so loosely, you know, you know, this is one of, this is a few of my gripes, this is a few of my gripes, but other than that, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. So uh, anybody else have any, you know, gripes before we get into some of the meat and potatoes of the episode? Yes. I have a gripe with the guy playing with the isolinear, to thing connecting to his brain. Did uh did did I have a gripe with that? Yeah, from the last episode. Oh yeah, I did. I thought that was too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is I just had, t- I had too a major gripe. Oh, let's hear it, Carrie. What, what Overall you, what? I enjoyed the episode. This is kind of a nitpick, but I feel like Mariner's character design and her friend's character design was just way too close to each other. I felt like they could have like use some kind of creativity to make them a little different. I mean, they were basically the same except for their hair. Um, and I think her friend was a little taller, maybe. But, like, I felt like that was thick. I felt like they could have t- taken a, l- a little more time on her character design. Well, I feel like that was a conscious decision. decision. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'll tell you why. So, I think they purposely did that to show us what Mariner could be if you know, I don't think it's even fate. I think if she made just a few different decisions in how she in what type of officer she wants to be. And again, that, that may be another problem I have with the episode. We're up to episode seven now, seven. And I think 
hopefully we're going to get it soon. But I think we should have gotten a reason why Mariner is like she is. Because this is another example of us getting the view into what she could be. You know, we get this view in her of her being very awesome by the end of the episode. But again, she's trying to subvert people's expectations of her because there's something that has happened to her that, again, we don't know about. But it it has truly affected like what type of officer she is. So I'm I'm wanting to get more of that. But I think I think Amina was just like the good version of Mariner. I think that's the only reason she was there. And I liked everything between them two. I thought it was great. And you see these two divergent paths, one going <laughs> going up the Starfleet uh, ladder and one kind of maybe went up, but we don't know what happened exactly. Uh. All right. So if I'm looking at it, uh, you know, looking at it from what Carrie said to what Clarence said, Clarence, you did have the idea that I did up to the point to where I don't agree with you that we haven't seen yet where Mariner made that decision. I saw it as she had such high expectations from her parents to be a certain thing. And I think this was brilliant for character development on her part to say this isn't just she is what she is because she is a bleep, fill in the blank of however you wish, but instead she's consciously made decisions to keep herself from being promoted oh. because she's rebelling against that. That's how I saw it. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Cal, that she's, like, from this episode, I pretty much gathered the same thing, that she's trying to set herself apart from what her expectations were from, and I guess I would assume you're right, her parents. Um, And maybe even going further than that, uh, maybe her parents' positions in Starfleet kind of caused a rift in the family that she just didn't like. And Hmm. that's the reason. I mean, and then she made the point of, you know, when she offered her a position again at the end of the episode, you know, she wants to, well, I don't know how she said it, flex her lower deck muscle or work on her lower decks attitude. I don't know how she said it. Yeah. But. She said she wanted to be the best. Why can't she just be the best ensign she could be? Which yeah. Is, and she said something else about lower decks, too. Hmm. I don't remember what that was. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just her way of not being what she has been expected to be and what she pro- she knows she can be, but she's also seeing the outcome of that and don't want to go that way. Because imagine if you would for a moment that you put yourself in her shoes and if both of her parents as she's growing up are rising through the ranks of Starfleet, it's just like that's what she's supposed to be and mm. almost without choice. I mean... I, I feel like you guys are are kind of there as far as what I think for the reason she's like the way she is. For me, like, I don't know if you guys ever seen this. Um, It's this ESPN 30 for 30 called the Marinovich Project. And basically this this guy, he was a bodybuilder. He like raised his kid from the time he was a toddler to be like an NFL quarterback. Like he didn't need a court. He didn't need a candy. This is probably extreme case, but like he didn't need a candy bar until he was like grown. Like he didn't eat any fast food. He had him on a strict diet from the time he was a, a baby till he was like grown. Um, and he did nothing. He trained him specifically to be an NFL quarterback. And the dude was talented. 
but he just got burned out. Like, it's like, I want to make my own choices. Like I, this, I didn't choose this life for myself. Hmm. And I, I feel like maybe she just, maybe just, she's probably just burned out, you know? And I can get behind that, uh, what you guys are saying, but my only problem with that is like, why even be in Starfleet? You know, why not join the marquee or something? I mean, she said she want to be the best ensign she can be. Oh, why not be the best ensign? But she's not being the best ensign. She's being like the the class clown, which is fine. But if you don't want to be in Starfleet, go join the marquee or do something else. I don't know. <laughs> <In the marquee. laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, maybe she invested so much in her life to Starfleet before she came to this decision and she doesn't really want to waste it. Maybe it's a turning point, you know? Maybe she's in the midst of that decision. She don't really want to give up Starfleet because maybe this is what she wants to do, but she's not sure. Oh, I think you just hit on something, Jonathan, because if you want to get really into the psyche here, I don't think it's a coincidence that as much as she quote unquote hates Starfleet, that she winds up on the same ship whether she has a different last name or not that she's using, she's on the same ship as her mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's got to be like a psychiatrist visit waiting to happen right there. (laughs) Bring Indiana Troy. Exactly. Please don't. (laughs) Oh, haters. The haters. She better talk in the quark. Oh, oh no, I disagree. Come on now, Jonathan. We were we were on a we were on the same brainwave, and then it was just like headache time. Crash. I've seen Quark solve more problems than Troy. Hey man, that's a bartender's. Uh, that's what bartenders do, right? All right. So let's just talk about a few of the details of the episode specifically. Um, I brought it up earlier. The whole Tindy genetic engineering dog, the dog thing. Um, for me, and maybe some of you guys have comments on this, my biggest, the, the thing I liked about that storyline the best is, is how it played into the overall, uh, visit to the medical facility. Um, again, I didn't like the, the dog himself, uh, though I thought it was a cute thing at the end, but any, any other thoughts on the, the, the Tindy, the dog slash the dog storyline? So I, I, I do get what you, where you're going with it. Like, genetic engineering point of view like no like no but if, <laughs> like it, it we i i have complained a lot recently about these moments that they want to put in because to make humorous and they're like just overreaching and i i think this was pretty well done short of you know this is nowhere close to what genetic modifying would do but it was enough to make me smile and laugh and not like overreaching too silly. You know what I mean? So I, I enjoyed it. It kind of broke up. They spit for that plot line. It kind of added the humor to it. Hmm. Especially yeah. when the dog turned into a block and started rolling. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just didn't get the whole dog thing. I don't know. Did you guys notice Morty was Morty's voice was in this episode? Really? The guy that um was like half young and half old. When he was young, he sounded exactly like Morty. Kind of looked like him, too. Yeah, he did. So I, I thought that was kind of an Easter egg. Oh, well, that's cool. I'm I'm not too fond of the ship scene when they were going to the, I guess, the medical planet or whatever they called it. Oh. Like I think, yeah, I think that went a little 
far. I loved all of that. That was my favorite you person really? episode. <laughs> and, and, and hear me out. So first off, the whole reason they have to go to this ship on this planet, the farm, I think they called it Endocremia 14 or something to that effect. So this whole division, we've never heard of Division 14, which makes sense in Star Trek. This this medical group that is merely there to solve the problems or at least, you know, kind of be a rest home for, for these problems <laughs> that they can't solve. And the thing the thing we get on the normal Star Trek episodes is that these type of type of problems always get solved. But, you know, you can't have 100 percent success. Right. So there right. has there has to be some times where it fails. And I just I don't know. I just love the idea of there being this division that's there just to take care of these type of people who get caught in these situations that can't be wrapped up easily by the end of the episode, you know. And now I do agree with you. Like, I, I do like that premise. Like, I like that idea. And I could see that being in canon. And I, I, it's just I'm very, very specifically the part on the ship, the whole mutiny thing and all that I felt <laughs> like was just a reach. You know, what I, I mean? loved it. I loved it. I mean, think about it, John. If you were flying on the ship for weeks and you didn't know where you were going, you'd probably freak out, too. And, and you just like you're, you you know, you're messed up and then just more and more messed up people get piled on the ship. I know I'd be freaking out like it to me. It seemed it was like goof goofily. Is that a word? Goofily plausible. Like, I just felt like it was kind of a lighthearted thing, especially at the end. Like. It just kind of made me smile. Like yeah. we roll out of the ship and he was there. And it's like, oh, this is a real place. They were just like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that that was good. I just I kind of wanted it to be a little more or a little less like a just a dump off for messed up people. You know what I mean? It's like they got a whole bunch of messed up people and threw them in a cargo bay to take them somewhere. Like I kind of expected it to be more. I mean, I did. I, I mean, I expected to have some silliness to it, but I kind of expected more like, you know, there's going to be some doctors here and they're going to be kind of working on them and doing some things. Yeah. And not just a cargo bay full of misfits ready to mutiny. That, well, I think they were in like, they were in a cargo bay. They were in like a, wasn't like the bar area? Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, they, they weren't just like off in the shed or something like that. No. Well, maybe that's where I didn't, because I just kind of took it as like they just stuffed them in a cargo bay or something. <laughs> well, I think they wanted you to feel that to some degree with the lighting, because they wanted to set that mood of you didn't really know. And, you know, they're giving you this red herring of sending you in one direction. And then it's really this paradise that they're really going yeah. to. So I think they made you purposely feel that way. Yeah, a great job of... Uh, Making us expect something totally different, uh, but but you know at the end bringing it back because they made this this place this forum sound like such a one. Doctor Tiana made it sound like such a wonderful place, and then they get on this ship that looks like something out of Star Wars, and there's all this red lighting and dark corridors, and I just loved all that. How it just kind of didn't really, I guess, tricked us in a way, but but yeah, I thought that was well done. Felt very Section Thirty One to me. And you had a couple of, uh, well, I get, I took them as Easter eggs in there, and I may be a little bit off. I know one of them was the uh, the wheelchair thing. Oh, yeah. the Pike thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> except, except they called it Delta, because I think Pike was theta radiation. 
if I'm remembering correctly, but this one was Delta Radiation. Right. I think the half boy, half man, uh, I think they were trying to play off the TNG episode Rascals when they all are little kids. I uh, think, but I'm not sure on that one. Um, the the uh, Tuvix, which well, I, I, I equated it to Tuvix with the, the transport <laughs> accident. Yeah. Where, where they just like stuck in each other. Yeah, and, I can see that. And also the uh, reptile thing that was laying on the counter. Yeah, threshold. Goes back. Right. Yeah, Tom Paris and Captain Janeway. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh man, that was pretty good. That was, and that doctor, I forget. I don't forget her name, but the doctor, I I like her more and more. Yeah, Tiana, she's awesome. Every time I see her, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> very blunt. Very to the point. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I actually like the captain, the um, the the specialist from the ship. I thought he was kind of funny as well because it was just all a big mu- misunderstanding, you know. Of course, of course, of course, the ship was too dark and scary, but and he was a scary <laughs> guy himself. But some people are just like that, and you have a misunderstanding if you don't know or talk to them. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, I have another bad part of the episode that like really annoyed me. I guess it didn't last long though. When when Boimler was phasing, that was so annoying. I want to throw my TV out the window. You talking about the noise? Yeah, the noise. Oh my Dude, god! That that was funny when he was like, I, "I'm gonna fix you," and then he presses the button, and then all it does is like turn the noise off. Like I, I almost busted out laughing. Yeah, it's just the noise itself is what got him. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but see, think about it. That it served its I, purpose. Thank, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> it was supposed to be annoying. <laughs> it was very annoying. Imagine if you were listening to it wearing hearing aids. It was really annoying. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, and maybe we should have like a, is it moratorium or a, a, a clause against messing with transporters out in the field? Maybe. Maybe we should be in a lab somewhere doing that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. But let me ask you a question. How many times have, and I guarantee you, if I were asking this, and I mean, I am asking this more so to, from not me and Jonathan, but to Carrie and Clarence, how many times have you taken something on a computer and played around with it and tested it? Because I've heard you both saying, I, I turned this up and, you know, I got this much fan and I got this much power, yeah. et cetera. That's just what people do. <laughs> yeah, true. And he's a techie. So I guess, I guess that makes sense. It's tinkering. And it ended up helping in the end. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it it's, helped. It's just <laughs> cosmetic. Yay. <laughs> At least they weren't making noise. Oh, oh boy. Man, like now that now there was a problem I had. So and I mean I get it. I get where they were going, but it kind of goes back to, you know, the technical side of it, like you were talking about the genetic engineering. Like so his experiment supposedly sped the process up by half a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Is it really worth like, it? <laughs> right. Like, why did we just transport normally? <laughs> I think that that goes into the techie thing, because, like, people overclock their systems to get, like, just small amounts of performance. Like, yeah. my, 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 G, my, my graphics card is 3% faster, and I get... 10 more frames a second. Like, people do that stuff. So, like, that to me, him being a techie, like, I didn't even think twice about that. I was like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, well, no, I, I get, get that part. Doing. I'm just saying, like, when they needed it during the emergency, they're trying to get these people off the ship. Like, why was his experiment any better than the regular transporter if it was only going to save half a second? 
Now, if it was going to save half a second and they were going to have to beam 30 people off, then I see it. But they beamed everybody at once. Yeah, they they should have just added a line at the very beginning with him saying, and it's made to transport large groups of people at once. You know, they could have. Well, you say half a second, but they were all about to get eaten. Like that half a second (laughs) mattered. (laughs) Yeah, and and, well, let's talk about that getting eaten. That alien that was consuming the ship, that looked very reminiscent of something I've seen on TV. And I couldn't think of what it was. I almost want to say Encounter at Farpoint, the jellyfish alien that was the facility. But yeah, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But it seemed like I seen it somewhere else too, though. I can't quite put my finger on it. It was it, uh, 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 so you remember there was a DS9 episode where they found this. Was it DS9? It was something. It was some kind of life form. They had they like end up beaming on the ship for like mm-hmm. studying, and then it started growing and growing, and it was energy. And eventually, they got it off the ship, and it grew into something that looked like that, and then like flew off. Yeah, yeah. I think I I don't remember what episode, but I think I know what you're talking about. Was it the one where they found like the mini universe or something? I can't. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember that one in particular. I don't remember mini universe, but that sounds plausible. Uh, so well, let, let's just talk about a little bit about this whole Amina thing a little bit more. I think we can start to wrap this up. You know, again, I think we talked about it pretty thoroughly, but I loved how she was like the good version of Mariner. I thought that was all good. Carrie, you mentioned the accent, which I thought was phenomenal. It it just really makes me want Mariner to be more. And I understand that's what kind of show this is, but it really just wants me want me to see Mariner do and be more. And this is like the second or third time we've seen her act out intentionally just to not get promoted. So, you know, I, I take all your guys opinions of why she's not doing it from the beginning of this episode, um, you know, and, and, try, and try to make that out of my head to figure out, you know, if I can rationalize why she's being this way. But um, yeah, I think that's about it, except for the main, br- the, uh, uh, wow, the bridge officers, their whole mission, I thought felt kind of dumb, but it seemed like it might play into the next episode from the preview because we yeah. get these black spy suits that's when uh, Crusher, Picard, and Worf went on a secret mission. Uh, and they had to do with Romulans. Remember the Admiral came to take over the ship? He took command of the Enterprise and they yeah. went on a secret mission. They were trying to get, I think, work on a, what was it? Either they were trying to get a clean on weapon or artifact, or either they were trying to work out a peace deal between Romulus and somebody. And they were in those same suits? Right. They were in exact and they trained for it. Like they trained over and over and Picard was like, We have to do it again. Really? So I found that it was Chain of Command, uh was the episode of TNG. Oh, Chain of Command. Wasn't it a two parter, right? Yeah, it was a two parter. It was Picard, Wharf and Doctor Crusher reset are reassigned from the Enterprise to a secret mission. And what was the mission? It was an urgent meeting between the Cardassia and some other admiral, I don't. He doesn't say who, but anyway, that's what it was. It was they were trying to a peace deal between Cardassia and somebody. Hmm. I don't know why I just don't remember the suits. All right. Well, let's uh, go around the horn and get everybody's ratings. Let's since you're talking, John. Let's start with you, man. 
What did you, are we going to get another 1.5 out of you? Or are we going to go higher? Inquiring minds. Drum roll, please. I give this episode a solid, ooh, that's hard to, <laughs> I don't want to go too high, but I also don't want to go too low. I'll give it a solid three. Hey, wow. Hey, Twice as good as any previous improvement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, All right. Yeah, it, three, because, I, I mean, we see a lot of growth in Mariner's character. And, you know, we, you guys talked about her, like, trying to intentionally trying to downplay herself. But, you know, previous episodes we see her, she, like, she just really ridiculously, like, purposely trying to. This time she kind of made it seem like she was just an idiot. She wasn't just being an idiot. She yeah. actually made herself seem like it. And you've seen some growth out of that. So I got that. And there was a lot more seriousness in this episode. So three for me. Yeah. All right. All right. What about you, Carrie? I've given every episode up to this point at three. I feel like this episode, um, well, I'll give them rated first. I give it a four and a half. Oh, wow. The reason, the reason I give it a four and a half is because I feel like they are, I don't know what the future holds, obviously, but <laughs> I feel like in this episode, they have, they've struck a balance between the, the, I don't want to say slapstick because that's the wrong word. Um, I don't want to say cheap comedy because that's the wrong word too, but I felt like they found, I guess I will say slapstick. I feel like they found a great balance between like slapstick-ish humor and like actually telling a story Yeah, and like um you know not just going for the cheap laughs um but actually telling the story and weaving in some some somewhat intelligent comedy i mean i don't think it was super super high level but i feel like compared to some of the earlier episodes it was like it was like a lot higher level than some of the other stuff that i've seen even in recent episodes um but i also feel like it's not they haven't found that perfect balance yet so i can't give it a 5 but i mean i I'll, I'll rate it as high as I can because I don't think it was perfect, but I do think it was by far the best one I've seen of this whole season. So four and a half. Wow. Color me impressed, man. Nice. <laughs> oh, three, four and a half. Cal Jones, what do you got, man? You know what? I still think that it has some growth to do. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm thinking about what I have rated previously, I'm going to give it a 3.99. I, I still think there is some growth that I would love to see happen, but I'm happy with it. And so 3.99. Yeah, I feel like for me, this felt like the most tricky episode we've gotten so far. You know, I can almost, you know, it has some over the top silly stuff. But again, like the, the, the Vision 14 stuff, the having the form you know, and then going on a ship to rescue that, that, you know, that's in dire stress, uh, dire straits. I feel like all of that was good, normal Star Trek stuff. And I really liked seeing it play out in this, in this world. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 3.9. I'm going to be right there with you, Cal. 3.9. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I feel like if they keep this tra- trajectory going, you know, maybe we can have like a killer episode by the end of the season. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining as always. And let's go around the horn and see what everybody's been working on, watching, listening to podcast related or otherwise. Carrie, what do you got, man? 
Um, well, not really a whole lot right now. I'm hoping to get back on the Techpedition wagon here soon, but I don't I don't really have much uh, outside of this to talk about, so I'll leave more time for you guys. Cool. Calzones, what about you, man? I would say for everyone who is a Doctor Who fan, check us out on DiscussingWho.com. Awesome. Jonathan? Um, nothing much coming from here. Uh, only thing I'm watching, of course, is Star Trek and a new show on NBC called Transplant, which is a kind of a doctor show. Kind of reminds me of House. Pretty good. Check it out. Cool. And as for me, um, the Relativity Podcast just wrapped up. The whole season is out. I mean, the whole show, for that matter, is out there and available. So if you never listened to the Relativity Podcast and you were waiting for it to be over so you can just consume it all, all six seasons, six seasons, right? Yeah, six seasons are out there and available. So, yeah, go go to RelativityPodcast.com and check that out. Really awesome stuff. And, you know, I'm shedding the tear because it's over with. But that's about it, guys. As always, you can hit us up on the social medias at Discussing Trek or send us an email to fans at DiscussingTrek.com. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe. Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. Discussing Network.